Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. I had followed a lot of bloggers at the time, and I remember going to one blog in particular. And so I remember counting up all the ads on her blog and then going to her, you know, buy ad space page. And then I did some math and I realized she was making maybe a thousand dollars a month. And I was floored. And I remember saying to my husband, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to start a blog, you know, because my friends want to know how to learn photography and I'm going to sell ad space. And maybe, maybe in like years, we can make like a thousand dollars a month. And he was like, that would be crazy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Freelance to Founder. I'm your host, Brandon Hull. And on our show, we tell the real stories with real ups and downs of freelancers who've scaled their businesses to be much bigger than themselves. And sometimes much bigger than they even expected. This is season five, episode five, and I've got a super founder to introduce you to today. A great story of a military wife, an extremely busy, motivated wife and mother who decided to mix her two passions, education and photography, into a highly successful business that she can run and needs to run from anywhere. This is the story of Courtney Slaznik, founder of ClickItUpANotch.com. From military brat to military spouse to entrepreneur. The first half of our show, you'll get to know her and how she came to realize how she should invest her pursuits as an entrepreneur. Then, the second half of our show, you'll learn what steps she took in a very specific, tactical way to grow her business to be bigger than herself. And then stick around for the last part of our show. We polled members of the Millow Mastermind Group on Facebook what they would do with the fresh $500 if it had to be put towards marketing their freelance business. We got 20 great responses and we're going to share them with you along with who provided that advice. But first, let me turn some time over to my co-producer, Preston Lee. Season five of Freelance to Founder is supported by Gusto. On your own journey from freelance to founder, you'll notice that HR, payroll, and benefits can be a huge pain, which is why there's Gusto. Gusto makes it easy to scale your solo business through modern technology built specifically for small businesses just like yours. And as this season's sponsor, Gusto is offering freelance to founder listeners an exclusive deal at gusto.com slash FTF. Sign up using that link and you'll get three months completely free. It's a pretty big deal. Again, that's three full months completely free of Gusto HR payroll and benefits tech at gusto.com slash FTF. This episode of Freelance to Founder is also sponsored by the hashtag FlipMyFunnel podcast, a daily show hosted by entrepreneur and marketing expert Sangram Bajre. The podcast is dedicated to helping B2B marketing and sales pros like you become masters of their craft. 
If you're in a B2B business, meaning you work with companies and clients instead of consumers, then this podcast is for you. Their archives feature over 150 episodes packed with topics like leadership, sales, content marketing, marketing technology, B2B marketing and sales, customer success, strategic partnerships, social media, and lots, lots more. Topics that you will definitely come across as you go from freelance to founder of your own company. You can find it by visiting flipmyfunnel.com slash podcast in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast player. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. So as a kid, I was born into, I'm the middle um, child and my dad was in the air force. We moved around all the time and my mom was a stay at home mom. And I, I mean, if you ask me, I was a great child. I was very, (laughs) um, obedient. I did all the right things. Um, but really from an early age, I just remember playing school all the time. Honestly, I loved our dog. I loved, um, teaching and pretending to teach and 
And that's what I, I spent a lot of our time doing that. And, you know, as a military family, you move around all the time. So you get to explore new places and new things. But I felt like that was kind of a constant for me is this like love of teaching and my family. And it's very normal suburban American childhood. <laughs> it's funny because I remember being in like kindergarten and knowing I wanted to grow up and be a teacher. And I remember, you know, talking to other people and they would say, oh, I don't know what I want to be. Or even with my own children, you know, I want to be a paleontologist today or I want to be a veterinarian today. I never really had that. And I've realized that that's kind of part of my personality is and I don't know if it's um, a negative thing or a positive thing, but I kind of once I decide I want to do something, I don't really waver from that. Courtney is as salt of the earth as they come. You talk to her and it's like you've known her for years. She just warms up to you like that. Maybe it's come with growing up all over the place. Maybe it's come from her time as a teacher. Either way, she's an open book, ready to share her personal story and her business story. My mom is very creative. She also, looking back, she gave me that that feeling of wanting to own my own business without even realizing it. She was a stay-at-home mom, but she always had something that she was working on and then sometimes would sell it. You know, growing up, we moved around all the time, and so she would sometimes make these smock dresses and sell them at craft fairs. And as we got older and we left the house, she's always been a quilter, and so she started, you know, making quilts for other people, and then eventually now she owns a business where she designs quilt patterns. And, and, and so she gave me that love of making things, and I loved doing that stuff. I even tried to turn some of that into businesses, you know, and none of that panned out. But my dad is amazing. <laughs> like I said, he was in the Air Force. He did that for 29 years. I don't know. I'm, I'm very blessed with amazing parents, and, and they've always been so supportive of everything I've done. Courtney's story of getting started as a blogger is a funny one. But before we even go there, I want her to tell you about the earliest part of her career before all of that. What she studied in college and what she did first is really relevant, and it led right to what she's doing today. Uh, yeah, so I my first job was in Texas as a third grade reading specialist teacher. So I didn't actually have my own classroom that year. I kind of pulled out children from other third grade classes and really worked with them to improve their reading, and I instantly loved it. It was it was so good too. Like when you you spend your whole life waiting to grow up and be this person, and then you're like, oh, good, I actually do like this thing that I've been dreaming of doing. And my second year, I taught fifth grade in Mississippi, and I had my own classroom then. And I, if I could be locked in a room with fifth graders and teach them, I would go back in an instant. You know, I love teaching. I love you know, just being in the classroom and seeing those light bulb moments and um, just teaching kids how to, you know, grow confidence and not just teaching them how to read or something, but just teaching them life lessons. But the challenging thing about teaching, and I'm sure if anyone who's listening as a teacher knows, there's a lot more that goes into teaching than teaching. It's kind of, I guess, like, you know, any kind of business. There's a lot more that goes in behind the scenes than actually doing the fun part. And so after that second year, we moved again. And that year was just really hard um, for a lot of reasons, mainly because of all the outside things that come with teaching. And so I decided to take a year off and just kind of 
try something else and take some time because it was just a really hard year. After that year off, Courtney tried something new, working at an event center. She did it knowing it would round out some skills, learning more about business in particular, but still figured she'd hang it all up when her children came along and she transitioned to a stay-at-home mom. Now, maybe you're wondering where the love for photography comes in. Well, like most of us, it just came from tinkering with cameras, especially in the early smartphone days. So as a kid, I always enjoyed taking pictures. I never really considered myself like that's something to be a hobby or anything, but I always loved you know, getting to borrow my parents' camera or, you know, back in the day with disposable cameras. And when we first got married, my husband bought me a really nice point and shoot. And that kind of opened the door for me of this love of being able to capture our lives. And so I was constantly taking pictures at events in our lives. And I really kind of just started to fall in love with it, but I didn't even realize what photography was at that point. It wasn't until I got a DSLR camera that like the floodgates opened and my obsession just started. With that point and shoot, her first camera that she mentioned, Courtney really just started documenting her family's lives, taking photos of her husband and well, mostly her children. She helped with one friend's wedding, but never really had the itch to become a professional photographer. And maybe that's where you thought her story was headed. Nope. Instead, she just got better and better at learning every nuance of her camera. And then one day, that camera wasn't an option for family photos anymore. Yeah, so I had actually been eyeing a DSLR for a while, but we were still young and, you know, we're about to have a bait. You know, we had a a little one at the time and, you know, I wasn't working. And so it just wasn't in our budget for me to go buy a fancy camera. And so when my second daughter was born, we were about 10 minutes away from giving birth and the nurse had asked my husband to move a chair. And, you know, I mean, you, you have children, you're nervous and excited. And so he moved this chair without really thinking about it. And we heard this crash and we both looked at each other and I said, was that the camera? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And we looked and it was broken. And you know, luckily my mom and my sister were in the waiting room. And so we, he ran out, got one of their cameras, you know, and we were able to still photograph the birth, but I, um, I took advantage of his guilt. And so on the very next day, I am holding our brand new daughter. And he says to me, I'm going to run out and go get you some lunch. And I said, Oh, that would be great. And I already called the camera shop and they're holding a DSLR camera for me. So can you also swing by and pick that up? Thanks. And so he was so sweet. And, and, you know, I got my first DSLR. All right. So getting a DSLR camera and knowing how to best use one, those are two very different things. And Courtney knew this, of course. And she also felt like she was a slow learner, a good teacher, but a slow learner. But she was patient enough with herself. All right. So at this point in the story, she's living in Japan with her husband and children. Friends of hers start seeing the photos she's taking of her family, and they're asking her how she did this or did that. And in fact, one little social photography campaign in particular put everything into focus for her for what her next steps would be. Yeah, so what I did was I started learning photography. I started reading all the blogs and um, asking my friend to teach me. And then I found out there's this thing called a Project 365 where... For an entire year, you take a photo every day and you post it. 
And so I found out about the project in December and a lot of people start January 1st. So in 2010, I went ahead and started this project. And at the time we were living in Okinawa, Japan. And so I started a little blog and it was really more just for my family and friends back home to be able to see the kids as they were growing up. We're away from family and it was a good way for me to practice my photography. And so that's what I did. I just took a photo every day and I posted it on the blog. And then after a couple of months, I had one friend in particular who reached out and she said, I will pay you money to teach me how to take photos like yours. And I said to her, you are crazy. You don't need to pay me. I'll just teach you. I love teaching. Are you kidding me? And so I, I started, you know, answering all these emails and talking to my friends. And then I had followed a lot of bloggers at the time. And I remember going to one blog in particular and this was 2010, so it was very popular to sell your own ad spaces on your blog. And so I remember counting up all the ads on her blog and then going to her, you know, buy ad space page. And then I did some math and I realized she was making maybe a thousand dollars a month on these ads. And I was floored. And I remember saying to my husband, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to start a blog, you know, because my friends want to know how to learn photography and I'm going to sell ad space and maybe, maybe in like years we can make like a thousand dollars a month. And he was like, that would be crazy. That's how so many bloggers that I know have gotten started. They enjoy reading someone else's blog or several other blogs and they like the casual writing style and the personality comes through in the writing and maybe they see a few ads along the sidebar and they think... I can do this. Courtney was no different in that way. Where her story differs, though, is, see, she didn't just start writing and think she could someday make a lot of money. That was her aim out of the gates. She counted those ads and did some rough math on income and set her mind to it. She started ClickItUpANotch.com, a blog where she'd teach others how to get more out of their cameras for taking better family photos and not a website for professional or semi-pro photographers at all a photography site for, well, regular people. I guess, like I said, I follow these other blogs and they were women who stayed home. And I just kind of thought to myself, if they can do that, I can do that. You know, to me, blogging was never, it wasn't something they taught in college. It was an even playing field. And so if these people can figure out how to do it, I can figure out how to do it. I can figure things out. Uh, There was just one problem though. I can't stand writing. Writing and I are arch nemesis. In fact, I wrote my first blog post. I wrote my first two blog posts and I sent them to my mom and she edited them for me and they were a mess. And they took me days to write. And I didn't even do like a big launch of the blog or, you know, I just September 4th put up a, a post. And I remember over the years, because I'm the kind of person who needs a schedule And so I made myself a little calendar, I printed it off, and I told myself I was writing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I had themes for each of those days, and I had to do that. And as long as I have a schedule, I'm pretty good at sticking to something. All right, so if this was you, you've decided to make money from doing two things you love, teaching and photography. What are some of the initial steps you take to start making money from your efforts? How do you know what you should do first? Here's what Courtney did. 
So like I said, I, my girls took naps. So every nap time was 100% devoted to working on the blog. I didn't watch TV. I didn't read books. <laughs> I was just at my computer and I was researching everything I could. There wasn't a lot of content back then online of how to actually blog. So it was a lot of looking at other blogs. And, and I remember reading early on, which was really good, saying you actually won't make money from your blog for three years. And so that was very important for my personality to know, okay, you just have to do this for three years. You're probably not going to make a dime, but in three years, you're going to make some money. And I shared that with my husband and he was like, okay. And so I, I knew this was something I had to keep at without pretty much any reward. Courtney was like many bloggers and how she fiddled with various aspects of the design of her website, the structure of her website and so forth before she finally reached her tipping point. And I'm going to tell you about that in about 30 seconds. But first, Preston wants to tell you about this. Hey everyone, Preston here, founder of Milo, the company that brings you this podcast. I really quickly want to tell you about another podcast that I think you should definitely be listening to. It's called The Side Hustle Project, and it's hosted by a good friend of mine, Ryan Robinson. Now, you may have heard Ryan co-hosting the Milo podcast side gig with me. Uh, what I like most about the show that Ryan hosts is that he shares a mix of both his own personal experience as a six-figure side hustler and interviews from some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. He's got more than 70 episodes already published, including conversations with people like Pat Flynn, Chris Gillibo, Debbie Millman, Noah Kagan, and tons more. Just search Side Hustle Project in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Now to the show. All right, about that tipping point Courtney Slaznik reached with her blog. Um, nothing really came easy in those early days, but like I said, I knew I needed to figure out how to do this and I was reading a lot and it probably took about a year before I even had someone that something that I read said, you need an email list. And because before that I had a Facebook page and that's what I was really building. And, you know, I was giving away free stuff to try and get likes. And, you know, that was back before Facebook had all the rules and I didn't buy likes. I, I want to make that very clear. <laughs> um, but the, the biggest turning point for me was reading somewhere that you needed to have an email list. And so I remember putting on my sidebar a little MailChimp form, something super easy that said, join the newsletter. I mean, it wasn't even strategic. There was no free opt-in. There was not the right wording. There was Everything was wrong with it. Um, and then I would just email them this very newsletter-looking thing once a week. And then, and you know, slowly that email list just started growing and growing. And, and that's when I kind of started, that was one of the first things that actually I was able to monetize was this idea of, hey, I've got a couple thousand people on this email list. I'll write about your company in one of them for, you know, a couple hundred dollars or something. And it wasn't anything, you know, monumental, but that was kind of the first because I had tried to sell the ad spots, which was honestly, you know, my my business plan at the time. And and those weren't selling. And, and I didn't have the personality of wanting to reach out to companies and ask them. I mean, they were twenty five dollars, you know, like, do you want to give me twenty five dollars? And, you know, but but I remember that 
having companies finally say, okay, we'll give you a couple hundred dollars to feature us in this newsletter, that I was like, okay, I'm on to something here. Like building a community, not only is fantastic for your business because that's how you grow and you help people, but that's also, at the time I didn't realize, you know, that was before people were saying, oh, the money's in your list or, you know, all this stuff. I just knew that having a really strong community that that was where it was important if I wanted to actually make real money from this. So just about every episode of Freelance to Founder has driven home the importance of building a list or better yet, a community. And what I've come to learn about this is there is a difference between an email list, that's one thing, and it's powerful, but a community, well, that's another. And it is different. A community is a group of people you interact with, who root for you and They're not just a list of people who might buy from you. Courtney clarifies this. Yeah, so I think you can have a large email list that you bombard with sales and offers. And it's kind of like being on J. Crew's email list, right? I don't feel like I'm a part of J. Crew's community, but they're going to email me every day and tell me they have something to sell me. However, I so my goal with my list and, and the ones that I love being on are the ones that they're emailing me free, valuable content. Here is something that I think is going to help you. And that's how you build that trust with your community. And that's honestly the odds are why you got into it in the first place is you want to build, you know, this connection with people and be able to help people. And so being able to have that email list where I can send out just content, you know, here's some free stuff. Here's what I'm learning. Here is something that I'm getting a lot of questions about. And you probably have these same questions. Is this helpful? You know, that's honestly like, yes, the money is great. It keeps the lights on. We love it. But what I love are the emails replying back to the ones that I sent out. All right. So back to the storyline. That first year for Courtney was a real learning experience, especially when it came down to the need to build a community. She didn't really make much money at all during that first year. And though she was determined at the outset, running her blog became a real weight on her shoulders that was tough. Was there any point in time where she said, "Uh, this is harder than I thought and nearly throw it in the garbage? Oh, yeah. I want to quit once a year. Um... (laughs) And I'm not even kidding you. I called my mom in 2011 and I was pregnant with our third daughter. And I remember laying on the couch, extreme morning sickness, called my mom and said, I'm done. I'm quitting. I cannot keep up with this blog that's not making us any money. I'm sick. I'm pregnant with a third kid. Like, I'm done. And she was just like, you can't quit. And I remember even saying to my husband, I want to quit, you know, and he said, no, you you put too much time into it. And and what's funny enough is probably, I don't know, two days later, it was as if God was saying, you're not allowed to quit. I got an email from Tamron, which is a huge camera, com- uh, camera lens company. And they said, we heard about you from um, an a online blogging friend of mine, and we'd love to send you a free lens for you to review. And I almost just fell out. And I'm like, you're going to send me free gear to review? Okay, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. Not quitting. So obviously the emotions are real. Let's talk about the practical things she did to stay on track once she had fully committed once again to clickitupanotch.com. I realized like, okay, I want to make this work. 
I need to set boundaries for myself and I've got to cut myself off, you know? And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to work on this at night anymore. And it's hard and you're constantly learning new things and, and then throw in there like the mom guilt, you know, I'm still a stay at home mom. And up until this past year, I always had kids at home, you know, our youngest just went to school. And, um, so yeah, I don't know. I I think it's very normal to kind of have that, like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. This is, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Balance is like my arch nemesis, right? There is, there's no such thing as balance for me. I have realized sometimes I'm a really good mom and I'm out and the phone is away and I'm not near the computer and I'm an awesome mom. And then other times I am a really good business owner, but I'm not a good mom. <laughs> it's funny too, because you know, you you have those moments and then you have other ones where I remember signing up for B school, you know, it was this huge investment and and it had taken me over a year to save up the money. And I was signing up and I was so proud. And I, I'm an emotional person. And so I had a little tear in my eyes because I was really proud of myself. And my daughter comes in and she says, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I am signing up for a class that I saved up money for to teach me how to run my business better. And when you get older, you can do the exact same thing. You can run your own business and you can you know, build your life the way you want it. And she looked at me and she goes, no, I want to work at a zoo. Every entrepreneur who works from home faces that challenge. And so you ultimately hope that the sacrifices pay off, the short-term sacrifices pay off, and that they are short-term. So when did Courtney start to make real money with Click It Up a Notch? And what constitutes real money? Well, that came about five years ago. Yeah, so that day was December 19th, 2000, and yeah, (laughs) that's how good I am with numbers. No, it was 2013, I believe. And I had written an ebook. It took me like six months to write, way longer than anyone should ever write an ebook. I didn't know how to launch it, I didn't know anything. And so I finally got it back from the designer. I finally finished it. I had no plan. It was December 19th, and I sent out this email to my list and just said, Hey, I wrote an ebook. And all of a sudden, I started getting like these emails, ding, 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 you know, and I'm looking and I was like, $22, $22, $22, 20, you know, and like, it just kept coming. And I think that day, you know, we made a couple thousand dollars and my husband came home from work and I said, remember that ebook I wrote? He was like, yeah. I was like, it's sold. And he was just floored. He was like, it's a PDF. I was like, I know it's not even like a bound book. Right. And and I, that was the day that I realized, okay, this is something that could actually be a big financial benefit to our family. And although I don't like writing, I, I realized it's really fun to do something for people that they're excited about. What has changed about how you spend your time since starting eight years ago? What's a day in the life like now? And how does it differ from that first year? Yeah. So that first year or two, my day consisted of, you know, wake up, kids, sleep, work, kids, they sleep, I work, you know, kids go to bed, I work. And it was just constant all the time. And now, honestly, it's like the best thing ever. And I I talked to, you know, being a military wife, I talked to a lot of other women and you know, now, even just in the past couple of years, I've slowly transitioned to tell people I work from home because for so long, I've always said, 
I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I mean, I have this little thing that I do, you know, but now I'm realizing like, okay, it's a little bit more than this little thing that I do. But no, I don't write as much. I have a um, amazing woman on my team who is in charge of the blog now and, and coordinating with guest bloggers. And, and, you know, I still write every now and then, and it's talking with her. And then we just hired a customer service person this past, you know, a couple months ago. And, and so now even that like aspect of answering emails and taking care of customers, you know, it took me so long, eight years to figure out that I needed someone for that. And so now it's really nice because now my day consists of kind of doing what I want to do. I love teaching. And so I am doing a lot more webinars now because I can do live teaching, which I love. That is what fuels me. I don't enjoy writing, but I love talking to people. And so being able to do these webinars or um, brainstorming new either products or new webinar topics. And so it's evolved a lot from like just do these little things to push the, you know, the ball up the hill to now like, okay, I spent eight years getting the balls to the top of the hill. Now I can spend my time doing what I want. So by now she's doing several hundred thousand in revenue through Click It Up a Notch every year. Of course, it's not pure profit. Despite the service that she's offering, she's got that team of pros that fill out her team. But even she's stunned when she thinks about what she's built with this company. You know, for both of us, it is. We have days where we are floored. Like if I have a big launch, I'll say to him, like, we just made $20,000 today, you know, and he's like, what? And I'm even now still I'm I'm floored, you know, and I'm just like, isn't that insane? And so, you know, making money, it happened so gradually for us. Um, But what was funny is it was kind of one of those things where the early years, it kind of started doubling each year. You know, I remember the first time we we finally hired a CPA and I had um, that year I made $75,000 and he was kind of confused as where this money came from. You know, you have a blog, you know, and so the next year we walked in and I, you know, handed him my papers and I said, well, I made $150,000 this year. And he stopped in his tracks and he was like, I'm sorry, what do you do that you doubled your income in a year? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I teach photography online, you know? Um, and so that was one of those things where each year we we are just floored and blessed and so thankful um, that our family has been, you know, benefited from this so much. Every month I'm still like, can you can you believe it? And he's like, nope. You know, because teaching, gosh, you know, I made more in a launch than I made one time in a whole year of teaching, you know? And it's just like, first of all, what does that say about our society? That breaks my you know, like that should not be happening, you know, but you know, it is, it is such a nice blessing for our family. Above all, what do you feel like you've learned about yourself through all of this? One of the biggest things I learned, and I mean, it kind of goes against some of what I've said is that I'm not a quitter. (laughs) Not only have I loved photography for eight years, but I've been able to keep at this business for that long. That really surprises me because And I I don't mean that I am a quitter, but it's just, it's hard sometimes to stick with something that is hard for this long. So where does she go from here? She's earning deep into the six figures from her blogging and her love for photography. How does she see the landscape evolving for entrepreneurs like herself? Will there always be a place for eBooks and online courses and so forth? 
That is a great question and one I ask myself and my husband and my business coach often because it's kind of one of those, this is a whole new world for us. You know, no one's really, um, you know, this whole online business thing, you know, you kind of always wonder, is is the shoe going to drop? Like, is, is this not going to be a thing anymore? And so for me, one of the things I actually just started to kind of evolve and, and add more things because I'm really a big advocate of making sure you just kind of diversify your income streams. And then it also kind of helps with that. Okay, I'm kind of tired of writing blog posts. So what am I going to do now? You know, so like I said, I, I, I'm doing webinars. But one of the things I'm really excited about is my best friend and I actually are now hosting in-person photography retreats and we're going to do them at different cities. And, you know, we both love to travel and connect and photography. And so we kind of were like, wow, we could put this together. And we just launched our first one a week and a half ago and it sold out in 24 hours, which kind of shocked us. And, um, and so that's kind of the new, something new and fun that, you know, I get to work on and, and that leads directly to her final words of wisdom for aspiring bloggers. And yes, she absolutely does believe the door is still open for those who want to combine their passion with an education of some kind. But here is that wisdom. I think, you know, as long as you just keep trying new things, but do the things that you love, then it's always going to work. You know, like I love webinars. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes I don't get people to come to them and sometimes I do, you know, but I love doing them. So I think as long as you're doing the things that you like, people can see that and feel that, you know, and like I got, I don't want to write any more eBooks right now. You know, I don't care to write anymore right now. So, you know, just kind of figuring out those things of how do you want to spend your time, you know, and, and every decision you make doesn't have to be is this financially benefit to, you know, beneficial to the business? You know, it's okay to do just something fun. And that's the story of Courtney Slaznik, military wife, mother, new United Kingdom resident, family photographer, and founder of ClickItUpANotch.com. We're in deep with season five, and next week we bring you the one and only Andrew Warner, founder of Mixergy. But first, we mentioned having asked a question of our Milo Mastermind community on Facebook. If you had a fresh $500 in your bank account, but it had to be put towards some aspect of finding new clients, how would you spend it? Here's what some of our community members had to say. Alexander Andrunas said it would probably go towards an AdWords campaign in his case. He believes strongly in social media, though he's never tried LinkedIn, so he's mainly talking about Facebook. and. He said it'd be hard to target the right audience, but that's where he would spend his money on an AdWords campaign, Google AdWords campaign and Facebook. Megan Vaughn said that she would hire a copywriter and then work on producing more content. Nathan Stitt said if he's still looking for local clients that you should join your local BNI networking chapter. Dues are about $500. Several people endorsed that concept of paid traffic, but Kim Emch said that she'd give a gift card to existing clients who send new clients over. So a referral program from existing clients. But finally, Sarah Slemons Reimer said this, word of mouth and networking, all free, save your cash. So a huge thank you to all of those who participated. Everybody from Alexander and Junis, Megan Vaughn, Nathan Stitt, Walter Guggenberger, Declan Garrity, Pam Tremble, Mary Ronchi, Kim Emch, Amanda Healy, Jessica Martinez, Jason Vance, Jonathan Downey, Sarah Carafelli, Rachel Mangles, 
Sarah Slemons Reimer, and Bruno Padilla. Thanks, everybody. Listen, if this was your first episode of Freelance to Founder, we want you to take a minute and rate the show in your favorite podcast app, but especially with the Apple Podcasts app. And send me a tweet with your thoughts. I'm Brandon Hull on Twitter. Thanks again to this season's sponsor, Gusto. If you're ready to scale your solo business, but you're worried about the complicated details behind hiring, HR, payroll, or benefits, Gusto can help. They've built some incredible technology to ensure you get HR and payroll right as you grow. You can get three free months of Gusto by visiting gusto.com slash FTF. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash F-T-F. We'll catch you next time on Freelance the Founder. Thank you.